Good morning, grinders. Hey, I'm I'm Jordan Cooper. Hey, I'm your uh, your buddy Blenderhead. Right there's my little uh little overlay thing because I'm also producing the show, so I got a million things going on for this new the new morning show. The new morning. It's kind of semi morning, lunchtime, whatever. It depends on where you are, I guess. Uh, but I got my coffee. I got my coffee as usual. I'm st- I'm up to I think my fifth cup today. I think. Already, I've been up for what two hours, two and a half hours. I'm a, if if you're drinking coffee in the morning, if you're drinking coffee right now, hit the thumbs up button. Let me know. Let me know that fellow fellow coffee drinkers, because uh, we gotta look at uh, yesterday's slate a little. Go over some uh, GPP strategies that uh, people employed yesterday, as well as uh, today's slate. And uh, remember, for for NBA, for NBA. Like, 1.30 injury report comes out, and who knows what happens. And then 5.30 injury report comes out, and more things happen. And then it's five minutes before lock, this guy's sitting. So so a lot of the stuff, uh, as far as looking at uh, what to do for today's slate, is very dependent on the news. But, I mean, we'll look at some preliminary projections, uh, which, which are available via premium. Uh, I, I would consider, I mean, I've been a Roto-Grinder subscriber since, like, since I started playing, so way before I was even here. And uh, and I, I consider the Roto Grinders NBA projections to be the best in the industry. So feel free to go to rotogrinders.com slash premium. Sign up, sign up for uh, forty bucks a month or whatever, and you get all the content, the grind down, the the, the projections, the, the the consensus value rankings, means these core plays. You get you get everything. The Discord, we're always you know fighting about stuff there. So go there and uh, results DB, however. <coughs> is uh, is absolutely free and results db is a great study tool so this is what i do every morning so this this show in and of itself is not anything new to me it is what i do in the morning and we'll have uh, every day this week <coughs> as well as uh, moving forward at 11 in the morning eastern time uh hosts not only me i think tuttle's on kyle's on brit's on i'm Mangone, and there'll be other hosts throughout the course uh, of the year probably heading into baseball also or whatever Going over the the past game slate, you know, yesterday's slate, just to take a look at GPPs. Not as one cash games, but just GPPs. What some of the top players did, what some of the winning players did, and then look forward to how you could implement those types of strategies on the on the current day slate. So, like one of the things that I do in in Results DB every day for GPP is I make a cross section. So in Results DB, you could go to ownership, and I look for like the high stakes, the the the, the three big GPPs at each stakes level. So like the Slam Jam is a two twenty two with I think a nine max, then the main fifteen dollar one one fifty max, and then the twenty max four dollar. And then <laughs> what I do is uh, I take a look at the ownership differences on on players and see where the sharps. You have to figure that the the high buy in GPPs uh, they're, they're they're more top players that play. There's less weaker competition. So I want to see the difference between, you know, how was how chalky was the chalk in high stakes? And, uh, you know, what's the difference between that and the lower stakes? So we take a look. Brandon Goodwin with uh, Trey Young out. We, we got that news. So that opened up value for, you know, Goodwin starting at 3,100. So how many people slammed in that value? The average ownership was 74%. In the 222, he was 85%, but in the low stakes, he was actually under 64%. So you can see here a nice cross-section of how players treated each player. So like at uh, yesterday, we had uh, we had very thin 
small forward, power forward position. It was going to be occupied a lot by Kawhi, by Draymond, by by John Collins or Omari Spellman. We saw those types of combinations. So that's why, obviously, they're coming up high in this ownership on a, across all GPPs. But if you notice, especially in NBA, because it's a lower variant sport, it's less event-based, that uh, better players, the top players, tend to slam like the best plays more often in GPPs and then try to differentiate elsewhere. So we see that a lot of Goodwin, a lot of Kawhi, a lot of Draymond, a lot of Spellman, a lot of Russell, a lot of Collins, Devontae Graham at 36%, Jokic at 54 That was kind of like the biggest kind of position that a lot of sharp players took is that, you know, they're pairing Leonard and Jokic together in the same game and then using Goodwin as the value and then trying to get different elsewhere. So being overweight on Jokic. And and remember, this show is also interactive. So if you have any questions about last night's slate, we'll talk about last night's slate. Then we'll talk about today's slate. We'll answer some strategy QQs. So feel free to, in the chat, post whatever questions you want. I'll, I mean, it, it, this show is what you make of it. So I'm just going to be going over the stuff that I normally go over. And then if you have any things like, oh, you want to take a look at this, you want to take a look at that, why would someone do this over that? Feel free to post it in the chat here on YouTube. You know, obviously like and subscribe. That's, you know, that every YouTuber will say that, like and subscribe. But this is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at, like, how did people treat the Warriors? Okay, Green, Spellman, Burks, although, you know, Burks had uh, more ownership than I expected. I mean, he started, but... Uh, playing Burks and Russell together, I'm not sure if that was the best route to go. A lot of top players didn't do that. They played Burks instead of Russell, or they played they didn't play Spellman or Goodwin as the value. They went down even further. But I mentioned uh, on on Twitter yesterday why uh, jo- Jonas Valanciunas was a great leverage and correlation play. It's because like with Jokic's ownership at center, with Collins' ownership at center, like paying pay, like. Paying in that mid-range for Valanciunas, that's why he only came in an average of 14% owned. But we know with Jonas Valanciunas that if he gets the minutes, I mean, he, he, he can put up two fantasy points per minute. I mean, it really, like, if you could figure out when Valanciunas has a ceiling game and you knew, you'd, you'd, be, you'd, you'd be rich. So sometimes you go for it, sometimes you don't. But the thing is, is that the Warriors were chalky. So a lot of times what I do is that when I find that one side of a game is fairly chalky, and I want to play them. I want to, pl- I want to play the Warriors, but I still want to, in large field GPPs, I want to make my lineups more unique. I need to get leverage somewhere. So it makes some correlative sense that if Green plays the whole game, if Russell plays the whole game, if Burke, Spellman, if they, if they get their full minutes and the game's close, especially in a kind of a higher total fast-paced game like the Grizzlies game, it's quite likely that someone on, on the Memphis side has a ceiling game. And you could have played, you could have played Crowder, you could have played Brooks, you could have played Barrett, you could have played any of them, but and they all came in fairly low owned for a six game slate. So like Valanchunas, like you could play in a center spot instead of John Collins in the in the Hawks game and did something like Green Russell Valanchunas. Green Russell Spellman Valanchunas. And that Valanchunas coming in at sub fifteen percent makes your lineups unique enough while still playing the chalk. Because that lineup combination, you're playing three from one side, one from the other. Or two from one side, one from the other. You could play Russell and Valanciunas together. That would have been fine. So that's why, like, looking at stuff like, this is in premium. We have what's called Slate IQ. 
Okay? This comes out every day. It doesn't change all that much. So like a lot of times, uh, looking at it from a slate-by-slate basis, like the size of the slate matters, but not necessarily like the players as much. So some of this stuff, I mean, is useful, but like it marginally changes from day to day. But I like looking at this, this stacking section. Okay, so on this stacking section, and I think people are people are uh, people are in the free chat on Rotogrinders. If you're, if, make sure you're in the YouTube chat. I'm I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at a lot. I'm looking at I'm producing the show, so I'm looking at a million different things at once. But feel free to type in the YouTube chat, which should be on the Rotogrinders videos page. So this stacking section, like when people think in terms of stacks. They think, oh, I got to take six guys from a game. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about taking, like, two guys from a game, three guys from a game. So we see these, like, 2-1-1-1-2-0-3-0-3-1-2-2-4-0-3-2. But take a look at the top percentages. 33% of GPP winners, you know, in the 25 most similar slates, that's what Slate IQ does, are two ones. Two players from one team and one from the opposite side. 18% 18% are one from one side and one from the other side. 16% are two from one side and none from the other side. So, like, that takes up, but that's a good, like, that's two-thirds of the time that taking two guys from a game, I'm just like this size, right? It's, it, just, it was a, what, six-game slate last night? Uh, would, be, would be more likely to win. Not saying that it's guaranteed to win because there's still 33% of the time some other thing wins. So that this is the reason why, like, if I'm trying to correlate ceilings, I'm looking for, like, if I want to play Warriors, maybe I should throw in a Grizzly. If I want to play, uh, uh, if I want to play Kawhi, why don't I throw in Nikola Jokic? If I want to play, you know, Collins, let me take a look at one of the Nets. It was very hard last night with the Nets because with Kyrie back, it kind of destroyed the destroyed everyone else's value uh, on the slate. But we even take a look at Kyrie. Like, if we take all the way down, we go all the way down to Kyrie. Kyrie came in at, I think, somewhere like 1% in, like, the $4. If I could find him. He saw, yeah, here he is. Kyrie. He was 2.48% in the 20 max. He was, like, owned by, like, one pl- like one person in the 222. Like, that's the disparity. Like, you could see sometimes down here in results DB of, like, who played An- uh, OG Ananobi. That only got 17 points. Well, 2% in the 20 max and barely anyone in the 222. So sometimes you can take a look down here and go, like, who 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 are in the completely dead type of lineups? Who played those type of players? Siakam on a minute's limit? He was unowned in the 222. So looking through results DB, we could see this. We could also look at, obviously, individual player exposures for multi-entry players. So I like filtering by, like, 150. Looking for some of the 150 guys. So, like, the winner last night was 1-800-Eddie. So, looking at his exposures, we see the common theme of slamming the best value, right? Just slamming it. Just whatever. I mean, he was essentially even with the field. You know, Draymond. I mean, we see a lot of the, like, quote-unquote, the best plays, like, projection-wise. You know, Kawhi, 69%. Kind of, like, just taking him. Took a little bit of an overweight stance on Jokic, which made sense with Kawhi. Right, uh, took took Burks a little bit more Burks than Russell. Took a lot of Lowry. You know he was double the field on Lowry because he was going to go under own with like all the Raptors back. So I could see that. You know Devontae Graham about even with the field. Harrell 
you know, a little bit overweight exposure because that goes along with the Jokic. Uh, and then, like, underweight on Collins. Like, underweight on, a little underweight on Spellman. A little, you know, like, he, I'm assuming, it, like, in the Atlanta game, like, if, if Goodwin does well, like, you may get some Goodwin to Collins type of stuff, but Collins was, like, 8,000 on DraftKings and was going to be chalky. He was 44% owned. So in order to hit a ceiling on this type of slate, Collins needed to put up 50-plus, which was obviously possible against the Nets. But he saw that as a good opportunity to be under the field. You know, he was even with Jonas Valanciunas. So, like, you could go through. I mean, we could take a look at some other people. Like, other people have even, like, bigger stances. Like, Baranosaurus Flex. Like, he just played a ton of Kawhi, right? A ton of Devontae Graham. Right, just a ton. Lowry's got the leverage at Lowry again at point guard. You know, very underweight on John Collins. Underweight on Aiton. You know, even with Jonas Valanciunas. So, like, taking these very big stands, I mean, this is in 150 entries. So it's a matter of, like, if you get it right, you have all these other pieces. So look, he was, look how much DeAndre Hunter he had. DeAndre Hunter was 4% owned. He was 32% because that's like a pivot off of like a Herder or a Collins. If you figure the Hawks do well and Collins duds, like who else is scoring? He Look how, look, he was overweight on Lou Williams, right? He was playing a lot of Lou Williams, Kawhi Leonard lines, that type of thing. So looking through results DB, you can see how did certain multi-entry GPP players approach this game. So Jonathan Burke on uh, on YouTube asks, using that mindset, if you would want to use chalky Portland players tonight, you wouldn't want to look for lower-owned Hornets if you wanted to run back. And the, th- that's what I would be looking for. Sometimes you don't get the best opportunities. Sometimes the, the, the positions don't work out. The pricing doesn't work out. You also have to look at the context of the slate as a whole. Because we're going to see on this the, the slate coming up uh, today that it seemed like DraftKings kind of fell asleep. Like FanDuel's been falling asleep the whole year. Like, you, you you don't have to play, like, risky value on FanDuel. They're underpricing people, like, left and right. You can play anyone you want. Uh, but on DraftKings, they've had much tighter pricing this year, but apparently on Mondays. Apparently, he does pricing on, on Sundays, like, falls asleep. Okay? So, uh, so I don't know. I don't know how you, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how you don't play a good lineup today on DraftKings. So, like, yeah, so you could play something like Graham with two of the Blazers, and, like, that would be your little two-plus-one type of game stat. I'm not saying you play 17 guys from a game. Like, And it also, when you if you're going to build multiple lineups, you know, you don't have to build them all that way. You could just set groups. So let's say, for instance, today, if you wanted to do the Blazers plus a Hornet, and let's say that Hornet is Graham or Rogier, Maybe, hey, maybe Washington, maybe Zeller. Maybe you want to do something like those are cheaper options. Because when you use a cheaper option, that means you could fill it in with the expensive one-offs. So let's say you want to do Graham plus two Blazers. Well, would the Blazers be Lillard and Whiteside together? Well, that's a very expensive stack. Okay, they all have to hit their ceiling. So I find it much more palatable to keep that price down. And instead of, like, you could play Whiteside and McCollum. Or Anthony and Lillard, or something like that, where where you're playing one of like the 6K level guys and then one of the 8K level guys. Because Graham, in and of itself, like what's Graham's price today? Graham's price today is on DraftKings. 
what? 7,300. So he's going to fill a point guard spot, right? So he's going to fill a point guard spot. And let's say, like, Lillard is also point guard only eligible, which means you have to use him at the utility guard spot, which means now you can, now if you're going to build lineups, you're not going to be able to play a lot of other point guards in that lineup because you're playing two point guard only eligible people, which may be fine, but just understand from your exposures that, uh, that you can't do that. So, like, like, if we take a look at point guard and guys that are, like, playing Chris Paul or De'Aaron Fox or or uh, Garland, I don't know, Kemba Walker, like, it'll be harder to make builds with those guys if you're playing two point guard-only plays. So, like, for today's slate, if I was to do a two-plus-one Blazers-plus-Gram, I, prob- I would probably do something like McCollum-Whiteside, uh, Ant, uh, Lillard, Anthony, like I, I would do something. I mean, you could do McCollum, Anthony, I guess, but they kind of share shots. Like that's one of those correlations where they're both on the court at the same time, and they both need to like hit a lot. Of, like McCollum needs twenty shots, Anthony needs like sixteen shots to hit his ceiling, and there's only so many shots to go around. So I, I'm not a big fan of pairing McCollum and Anthony together. I mean, it could happen; they both could hit their ceiling. You're absolutely right, but I think it's a little less probable. So for tonight's slate, who should I go with at point guard in the $3 cash game on Yahoo? Oh, I don't know. Look, look, look at the projections, I guess. This is not really a cash game type of type of show, and it's not really a pick show. Remember, everything in NBA will change today. Okay, so like I'm giving you a sneak peek at some of the projections here. Uh, I mean, obviously on today's slate, uh, the I mean, everyone's kind of priced down. I mean, we, we got, I mean, we got LeBron and AD are under 10K. AD may sit. I mean, if AD sits, you play LeBron at 9-5. But even if he doesn't sit, you play LeBron at 9-5. You can play AD at 9-4. I mean, I mean, we got Chris Paul. We got the, the OKC guys under 7K against, uh, against the Wolves. I mean, we got... Let me take off point guard here. So if we sort by point per dollar, uh, I mean, we got so we got Ingram at, at 8,100 against, against uh, the Pistons. And... Uh, and if Drew's out, if Reddick's out, I mean, we got the, the Pell's value there. Favors, we don't know what's happening with Favors. So then you have Hayes as well. And currently we now have that uh, uh, Daniel Tice has been ruled out. So uh, that definitely will b- bump up probably someone like Cantor. So uh, when the projections update and we get some, you know, ownership and everything. And do I know when the correlation tool is coming back on RG? I, I, think, they're, I think they're working on it. I have no idea. I'm not, I'm not in those circles. Typically, you don't want single game, the single play correlations. They don't matter that much. You're going to score like 300 anyway. So like a one assist to one basket doesn't matter all that much. I care more about ceiling for the whole game. And I think, I believe Jamino is is working on that type of correlate that, that may be under premium, but to show the correlation between two players' ceilings in the same game. Because that's more important for DFS than like who has the assist to a basket type of thing. So when is Dean returning to Grinders Live? Dean, Dean is a gone. Dean Dean's going to be on Sirius XM. So if you have satellite radio, he's going to be on that. He, he's going to be on that all the time, according to the schedule. He's not. People are acting like like he's gone. Like it just he's he's not on Grinders Live anymore. At least for the time being, he'll be on Sirius XM, and you'll see like Crane, you'll see uh, Chop, you'll see you'll see uh, Big T, you'll see other you'll see just said other people that you hear on Sirius. You'll probably see on uh, Grinders Live. 
So Vic, uh, VG Savage says it's going to be extremely tough to even think about fading LeBron at that price plus versus Cleveland. Because, of course, the narrative, right? I think instead of thinking in terms of, like, what, what the top-end guys that we're playing, because I think we all know that, like, if AD – they're good plays. I mean, white side at 8,200 is a good play. Like, we, we, we have the top-end stuff that we know. It's what are we doing with this low-end stuff? Svi, Mikhailiuk? 3,200, Bazemore, 3,600, right? What could go wrong, right? Can I, do, do I have that little gif? I don't even have that little gif. Typically, I have little gifs that I could throw up on the screen. What could go wrong? What I think today in GPP, remember, this is GPP only. Guys like Zvi and Bazemore are, are low fantasy point per minute guys. Like, they need a lot of minutes just to even get to value. And right now we're projecting them at like 6x, and but 6x for their prices is still only around 20 points. On a slate where a lot of players are priced down, the target score, the GPP cash line is going to be higher. So I, unless you're playing like three 9K studs and they go off for like 70 plus points each, I don't think 20 is going to cut it for either Michaelia or Bazemore. And currently we have projected ownership at like 20%. So... Like, these are guys, V needs to, like, hit every shot for him to make. He, yeah, if he plays 29 minutes, he's, I mean, it's not like he gets a ton of peripherals. And Bazemore, we've seen plenty of times where Bazemore plays 32 minutes and ends up with eight points. So I think if these these are the types of guys on the, the context of this slate, if we had LeBron at 10-8, if we had Whiteside at 9-5, if we had... Paul at 7-2 and Ingram at 9K, if we had a little bit more efficient pricing, I think then maybe they're they're more in play. But like for me, for GPPs today, I'm going to try to avoid these guys. I'm going to try to avoid, like if, if, if Zvee puts up a 30-point game at 3,200 at 20-plus percent ownership, then I just lose. I just think that the, the probability, I mean, if we even take a look at the ceiling projections, I mean... His 80th percentile outcome is 32, Bazemore 37. We haven't seen that. It's not like it's not like we haven't even seen that. So, like, if he puts up a 60th percentile outcome, and let's say they're at like 23s, 24s, I'm not. I'm not sure if you win a GPP with it. So, I think like in my builds today, I'm looking to avoid this. I'm looking to like go going going more of a like if we sort this by salary, like instead of if if he. I don't think I'm playing a build where I'm going all the way down in this, like, 3K range. I mean, I could easily play, like, Jackson Hayes at 4,600 if Favors is out. I could play uh, Zeller. I mean, I'm assuming Biombo's fine. He got hurt, but he came back in the game. But maybe I take a, take a shot on a Zeller. Because at least Zeller is a good fantasy point-per-minute player. So I'm much, more ra- I'm much more willing in GPP to take a shot that he plays more minutes then a guy that is a low production player just plays a lot of minutes. We see that with like what Tony Snell and Ferguson, those types of guys. So like Zeller could somehow walk into 27 minutes at 3800. I think he's a better shot than trying to hope that V like plays 33 minutes and gets there. So that that's my personal view on GPPs and you'll also see if we study on results DB, that tends to be a lot of top GPP players approaches where if you're looking for an upside outcome, like a, a situation where a player gets more than they should, than expected, I'm more willing to bet on the minutes rather than the production. A guy like Etwan Moore, like, oh, 
Maybe he turns 28 minutes into 35 minutes. Yeah, but those extra seven minutes, he could do nothing because he's a low fantasy point per minute player. But I'd rather take a shot maybe on a Zeller, maybe on, let's see what Brogdon's situation is. Maybe you could play someone like McConnell. Maybe you could play someone like uh, like a Kobe White, right, against Boston. I mean, I don't know if that's a great matchup, but at least it's someone that if they play more minutes than what we what is predicted, they're more likely to get there because at least they're a higher fantasy point per minute player. So, uh, sports elite champs, would you say overthinking and trying to get too different is a minus EV scenario? It depends on the contest that you're in. Large field contests, you need more leverage. Small field, if you're playing single entry or three max, you still need to get leverage, but you don't have to go like crazy nutso or anything like that. But yes, if you take a look at most of the top GPP players in NBA, this may not exist in like MLB, or NFL, or more higher variant sports, but typically in GPP, good value with high median outcome, you know, high probability medians, like people, the top GPP players are more willing to just slam them. Just maybe not 100, not lock them, maybe not 100%, but just to play a lot, just don't, don't, don't overthink it. I think a lot of people, what they do is they see Brian, uh, Brandon Goodwin at 3,100 and go, he's going to be chalk. He's going to be 72% owned. How can I fade that and play another $3,100 player? Like, what other $3,100 player is, is going to be in a better spot? You're going to be talking about bench players with, that play 14 minutes. Like, there's no one on that list. You shouldn't be pivoting there. If you want to fade Goodwin and then, like, just not build a construction that has a $3,100 player, okay, at least that makes sense. But I think a lot of people get a little too cute by like like that other day with Rondo at thirty nine hundred. Like you just play him at one hundred percent of lineups. Like he he should be two thousand more than that. So just don't, like don't overthink that. Uh, let's see what's the target score in cash. I mean it depends on the slate. What I do, like I'll show you here. I ran three hundred. Once this clicks over, my my computer slows down a little during uh, production. Uh, Based on our projections, on a Roto-Grinders projection, but remember, projections will change dramatically throughout the day, okay? As news comes in, as minutes get adjusted. So, you know, getting that premium, rotogrinders.com slash premium, you know, gets you access to all the projections, all the grind down, all the slate IQ, all the, all the Discord, all the everything. So, like, especially in NBA where little things happen, this guy's in, that guy's out, this rotation's changing. You know, oh, the beat reporter said this, okay, should we trust them? You know, in that scenario, what should we do? So, so premium is the best for that. But I like running like so. I ran three hundred optimals by basically just default said just give me the top projected fantasy points, whatever based on our current projections. And I take a look at the top median; it's two ninety nine. Most on slates, typically we get somewhere between two seventy five and three twenty five. Okay, uh, three uh, three twenty five is when there's like abundant value. Giannis sits and Lucas sit like like and there's like there's so much there's so much value that it's almost impossible not to get a score that's like six x plus. Then on certain slates where there's like pricing is efficient, we get like two seventy five is up here. So to me, those are those are the cash lines you should be kind of aiming for, right? You should know that like on tonight's slate currently with the way that DraftKings has priced the slate that. You probably need three hundred to catch. You, you, you're not. You're probably not catching unless some big ownership guy bombs. You're probably not catching with less than a three hundred, right? There's some slates where you're not catching with the three twenty five, and then you see people on Twitter going, "I can't believe I didn't catch." But it's all relative to the slate. Uh, 
Stars and Scrubs is definitely not going to be a winning GPP tonight, considering pricing being down. Mid-tier picks throughout look good. Yes, VG Savage, I do agree with it. That's why I was talking before about the Zvs and the Ken Bazemores of, like, you need 30 from them. You like you need, I, 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 unless one of the studs goes off for, like, 90, 80 plus, you get two of those guys, like, I just can't see a GPP winning lineup having 20 points from Zvi or Ken Bazemore. Right, I definitely not a six, but I just I don't even see like their median result resulting in a in maybe if you're playing a very small if you're playing like a three hundred man or something okay maybe maybe a twenty wins with the stars and scrubs build, but uh, but I don't think so. Blender, can you show January second fadeaway with Poppin? Will be very insightful. Well, we're ta- we're talking about today's slate. We're talking about today and yesterday. So feel free. I mean. We don't have time to go into, what, slates from 11 days ago. With Tice being out today, does that reduce Cantor's output since he probably starts? It's possible. I mean, it depends on what. We have Robert Williams that could play. But, I mean, Cantor, a lot of Cantor's ceiling comes in just, like, as long as he gets a double-double as his price, I think he's fine. So, like, if if, if Cantor's going to play, like, 26, I don't, I don't think he's going to play dramatically that many more minutes, right? Because, I mean, uh, who, who's Boston playing today? If I remember, Boston's playing Chicago. Yeah, Chicago could play, you know, Markinen at the five, and like you, you, they could play semi Ojale or something. They could do that. So, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think Cantor just walks into thirty-two minutes. I wouldn't think so. But I think, but at his price, like Cantor, like Cantor's in the five K range, right? Fifty-four hundred. So, like a double double is like there is is. I mean, we're talking about ten plus. We're talking about twenty-five points just with a ten-ten line. Like I, I think he could get there easily like that. So like, if he's under six k, uh, I think he's perfectly fine. But yes, I would be concerned that like his usage will go down. But he's not really that high usage of a guy. He gets a lot of his ceiling through rebounds, putbacks, you know, a block shot or something like that. No, uh, Jonathan Burke says uh, no players above seven k in the OK Minnesota game, and that's the third highest total on the slate. Some good tier mid. Tier value options there. Yeah. The problem that I see about the OKC Minnesota game is that who who do you play on Minnesota? Like, I'm not saying that you can't play like one-offs of, of OKC. I think Paul's fine. I think Adams is fine. I think Schroeder. I think they all project barely, you know, Gallinari. You could take a shot on any one of them. Shy Gilgis Alexander on DraftKings. I think you can. It's just that we have this constant state of like Carl Anthony Towns. Is he playing? Is, I mean, he's he's questioning. He's a he's a game time decision, and now we all know what that decision is going to be. That he's not playing. Okay, like I want to see it before it happens. But it's not like DraftKings is like, but like uh, like priced him. I don't. We don't even have him in the pool. I think we're just. I think we're just treating him like he's out. I think I, most people are treating him like he's out until proven otherwise. But the problem is that who do you play? Napier. You got Napier, Wiggins, Covington, Jeng. You never know. You never know what what. You know, you never know how many minutes he's going to get at the five. So it's just a matter of like trying to predict what when Culver's going to have a forty point game out of nowhere. Like you could take a shot on any of them, but I just find it hard. Like the Wolves are coming up as a very like they could play they could play eleven guys and they could play everyone like twenty eight minutes. So it's kind of hard to predict the Timberwolves. And we also get news that uh, Drew Holiday is unlikely to play on Monday. Okay, so getting that. That helps. I think I'd like to see what's going to go on with Reddick and Favors. Okay, more so Favors than Reddick. 
Because like Drew Holiday being out, I think Hart is okay still. And Ball and Ingram are fine. But Reddick takes a lot of shots. So like Reddick, Reddick will affect the, the usage. And then obviously with Favors being out, you know, that'll affect Hayes and Okafor, those types of guys. Connor Karam says, I think Steven Adams is a good value pick at center tonight over a more expensive option like Drummond, who is a great matchup. Yes, but I think it depends on the ownership. I think if Favors is out, Drummond's ownership goes down. Okay? I think Drummond's ownership and Whiteside, I think that's going to be like, if you're going to spend up for a center, do you do it with Whiteside or you do it with Drummond? And then it also depends on whether or not AD is out. Because, like, if AD is out... I, I prioritize LeBron over everyone. So it depends on, do you want to play a LeBron-Drummond build? Or do you want to play, do you want to save 2100 and play Whiteside? But it really comes down to the ownership. Like, I don't mind. If it gets that oldest value, that value at center opens up and Drummond comes in, like, at 15% ownership, I'll, pl- I'll play him. But, like, Chalk Drummond? I mean, I played Chalk Drummond the other day and he got ejected, right? He got, uh, uh, so that didn't work out well. So really, it really comes down to ownership. If I see like Whiteside at three times the ownership is Drummond, then maybe I'm more likely to play Drummond in large field GPP. If Gordon were to miss and Biombo misses with everyone flocking to Zeller, would you like Birch as a GPP pivot at slightly higher salary with same minutes most likely? I think he would be in play. Definitely. But who says you can't play both? Right? Don't necessarily think in terms of like pivoting 1v1. Like, who says you can't play both? But Birch, I know in the past couple of games he's done well. Some of it was a little bit in blowout run. Okay, so take that into account. But in a large sample size, he's actually a fairly low FPPM player. He's not as low as like a SV or anything, but he's really like a 0. 0.7, 0. 0.75 max type of player. So he needs the minutes. So like, obviously if Gordon's in, like, we'll take a look at Birch here. He's currently projected for 17 minutes. And obviously 13 points. I mean, because he's, he's under one fantasy point per minute. So, like, I like Birch more when Vooch is out, more so than Gordon. Uh, but, yeah, if Gordon's in, then you don't even think about it. But if Gordon's out, like, even if we bump this up, and let's just say he plays 23 minutes, like, it's not like he, he, not like he goes anywhere. Really, I think the, the two games or whatever that Birch has played has been more, like, outlier type of usage. Then, then is that sustainable? That's at least my opinion. But I mean, if if you tell me that Gordon's out and Birch is five percent owned in large field, and you want to take a shot, I think that's I think that's plus EV. I think you could do it. Uh, who's Orlando playing? Sacramento. So you could play like De'Aaron Fox on the other side of the game. I could definitely see playing something like uh, Fox, Fultz, Birch. You know, some some type of some type of GPP lineup like that. You could, and probably lower own. I'm assuming this Orlando Sacramento game. With uh, only a one ten and a half total currently, uh, two ten and a half, yeah, one ten and a half would be really low. Uh, is going to be low owned. I, I I think that's not going to be a game where people are, are targeting. So if the ownership goes down there, like feel free. I think Fox is great in that game. I thought, what what do we have Fox at? Uh, I mean, this is all preliminary. I mean, this is really preliminary. Nineteen percent. Yeah, I think he ends up coming in even lower than that. Right, current. I mean, but we don't know what's going to happen. Like, AD is out and Favors is out. It changes everything. Williams is still out. So no, oh, oh. So Robert Williams is still out. We have Grant Williams though. Okay, Grant Williams and Ojale. 
Because the thing is, is that the Bulls don't have Wendell Carter available. So, like, maybe Gafford starts. Maybe marketing starts at the five. Like, it, it really depends on how big the Bulls are going to go. Because the Bulls are really not in the position. They could play Thad Young at the five, even. Right? Against an Ojale or a Grant Williams. Like, essentially, they may only need Gafford for Cantor, and that's it. And marketing could even probably guard Cantor. Right, that type. Of, I mean, think in terms of that. It's like if they, if the, if the Celtics were playing a team like the Pacers, or something where they play like Sabonis and Turner together, you'd have to figure Cantor plays a ton of minutes because they're playing two bigs on the court at the same time. So I think uh, looking into that. But this is just trying to predict what the coaching is going to do, and a lot of times, especially we talk about NFL, uh, rational coaching doesn't exist much. Culver to six X, well not according not according to our projections. The the wolves come in really low. Like if if I sort our our projections by by Minnesota, like wait like yeah, this is what you want to see. Wiggins is the only one that comes in, comes in as a plus individual in a vacuum type of play. Of course, anyone can hit a ceiling. I'm just talking about from a median perspective. But you know how how good you feel when you play Andrew Wiggins at sixty nine hundred on a slate that has value. Not very good, right? But uh, but yeah, if you're gonna play OKC guys, I could see playing Wiggins. But who knows what's what Wiggins shows up, right? Sometimes we see point Wiggins and he scores fifty plus points. Sometimes we see lazy in the corner Wiggins not getting rebound Wiggins, and we're sitting there going like, yeah, he got he scored twenty four real points with one rebound and one assist, and you're sitting there going, why did I pay up for this guy? But it really depends on the ownership. I, I'm more I, Wiggins is the type of guy that I like playing at lower ownership than higher ownership because his range of outcomes tends to be wider. Uh, Jacob Mills is the most insightful show. Holy hell, I can't believe this is free. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Jacob Mills. Hit the like button. Hit the, are we getting, no, we're only up to 31 likes. Do you people hate this show? What's going on? What's going on? My, co- my, co- my coffee's already cold. This is what I'm doing for you people. Cold coffee. Uh, Donnie Watson right now, PPD favor, the point per dollar favors Portland. If all these New Orleans miss, ownership flocks to them. But I would think, would you play more Portland in that scenario? Yeah, because as the ownership moves in GPP, this is not for cash games. And you always have to weigh the ceiling probability of a player versus the ownership. So, like, the higher owned someone is, the more likely they need to hit their ceiling for it to be worth it to play. In a vacuum. Obviously, if you're playing a very contrarian lineup, like those players will still have a high probability of ceiling. So maybe you still want to play them in a lineup where you're getting very contrarian. But like if we take a look at ownership here, and if if, if Derek Rose is going to be owned today at 6,700, I'm more likely to fade. I mean, we've seen Derek Rose games where he just doesn't, he doesn't hit his shots. Right, I know it's a great matchup against the Pelicans, but I'm more likely to play Derrick Rose in a lineup where like all the Pelicans' value opens up. Right, if we see Redick out, if we see Favors out, and I could play Ingram, if I could play Ball, if I could play Hart, if I could play Hayes—not all four of them, but if I could play like two of them—then I could see about throwing in a Derrick Rose. He's shooting guard eligible, so like PGSG, he fits into four slots in your lineup, so you could play like Hayes. You could play Ingram in a in a small forward spot and then use Rose in your PGSG spot. And you want, is that combined ownership, is that going to be lower? Like, that's what I'm looking at. But yes, you're right. If, if, if Pelicans are out 
all these guys are out again. I'm, I'm, yes, the Portland guys may come in. Their, their ownership tends to will go down, right? So I'm, I'm going to react based on that. Like currently, the Portland value, the Portland guys who seem slightly underpriced are going to be owned enough. But by 630, their ownership may be cut in half. So that's what I mean by like, if you know me from the Discord, if you're part, if you're a premium member, I'm in the NBA channel like every day. I'm not trying to pick, I'm not trying to predict outcomes. Like, yeah, any of these guys could go off and the value, we could look at the median and see, oh, McCollum could put up a 40-point game and he's only 6,100. Why not? But if he's going to be 27% owned, it's a much different decision than if he's 10% owned. I'm more likely to take a shot if he's 10% owned. Less likely to take a shot if he's 35% owned. So it's not, I'm not trying to say, do I think C.J. McCollum is going to put up 40-plus points tonight. I, I have no idea. I'm not a fortune teller. All I can tell you is that based on his price, he's going to get at least 38 points, according to our projections, more than half the time, which is a which is a great shot. So if, he, if, if, if you see him at, like, under 25% ownership, I think it's in a vacuum plus EV to play him. But if that ownership scoots up even more, I'm less likely to play him. So that's why ownership matters. That's why leverage matters. So... If other value opens up, I mean, uh, uh, I think JSU says this a lot on Crunch Time or someone, other people, maybe Meansy. Someone, someone does it. I, I listen to it all the time. The good, the value that everyone's flocking to early in the day, news happens at 6 p.m. And then that value becomes like underowned, and then that becomes the GPP play. So you could think in terms of that. If Drew Holiday is unlikely to play overweight on Ingram, no, no, he's eighty one hundred. I don't. I mean, it depends on what the field is doing. Because let's take a look at that, like the small forward spot. Like, like if you're going to play a point guard like Graham, or you're going to play a McCollum, if you're going to play a Chris Paul, like you're going to need to use LeBron James in the small forward spot. So I mean, Ingram is a power forward spot, and then you, now you're going to have to start finding value. And like, I'm what I, at least for me today. I'm looking at all possible currently at now it's 11:45 a.m. Eastern Time on uh, trying not to play V. Michaelia or Ken Bazemore. Like I'm, if I could play zero percent of them in large field GPPs, if you're playing single entry 500 man, okay, uh, it, it, you could get away with a 20 point game, I think. But if I'm trying to win a 35,000 entry contest, I just don't think a 20 point score cuts it. It, it, it I just don't think it happens. I think the pricing on the slate is too soft that we're going to need one of those guys. They're going to need to put. They're going to need to put up thirty. So I'm. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to make it so I'm xing those guys out, and just if people if they're going to be twenty plus percent owned, good luck with that. Good, have fun. If that beats me, so be it. Cantor's chalk. You got to play. Uh, it. It depends. Like. This is the reason, like, if Cantor becomes chalk, let's say Cantor is chalky, and then now Favors is out, which makes Hayes an option, value-wise. Well, those are two center-only eligible players. That naturally will reduce the ownership of Whiteside and Drummond. So, for me, if that happens, if we get the situation where Favors is out, and we can project Hayes' ownership to go up, and Cantor ownership to go up, I'm more likely to play one of them, not fade both of them, but play one of them with Drummond or Whiteside. 
Because Drummond and Whiteside have have seventy point ceilings. I mean, Whiteside against Charlotte. Charlotte is. The, I mean, we target front court players against Charlotte all the time. Whiteside could easily have a fifty five point game, and he's going to come in less owned because people are want to jam in two cheap centers. So I, that's what I'm hoping for. So like right now, I'm not looking forward to the favors news on whether or not I play Jackson Hayes. I'm looking for the favors news to know whether or not Whiteside or Drummond's ownership will come down naturally. Yes, I know you on Discord. You crap on me all the time just by a different name. Oh, I'm sorry, Donnie. I'm sorry, Donnie. Uh, he's never been chalk. He got to play. He's never been chalk. He got to play ever. I don't know what that means by Ryan Ski. Uh, real easy, Blender. Just uh, X them out of your pool. Yeah, that's, I'm going to try. See, uh, we're going to wrap it up here and a on the pregame show. The first ever. I mean, do you like this? Do, do people like this show? Is, is is this good? Someone said that this shouldn't be a free show. Like, this is too good to be a free show. So, I, I, I hope. Smash the like. Come on, can we get, at least get up to 50? Can we at least get up to 50 likes? Right? I'm the lowest guy in the totem pole. I don't have any control of anything. I, I want I want I want Dan to 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 know like the show got off on a on a good note by getting at least fifty likes. Oh, we got fifty likes. There we go. Uh, so let's say, for instance, like when when I ran three hundred, for instance, once this clicks over, it always it's always slower. Look how much Z and Kent Bazemore I get. I mean, it's it's stupid. Like I don't want this. So I'm going to X those guys. I'm going to X those guys out. Obviously, lineup HQ with our projections, premium. It's what I use. I don't. I don't. I don't BS anyone. It's what lineup HQ is. What I use every day for multi-entering 